This is Channel 253. Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We, we fly, fly Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on alaskaair.com. One, two, two. Interchangeable. White Ladies. Welcome to the Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast. I'm Hope. I'm Annie. Uh, today's essential question is, why are issues of justice important for the average person to understand, especially in 2019? All right. Our guest today is Jacqueline Justice. Uh, Jacqueline is a Washington native. Currently, she lives in Tacoma with her husband, dog, and two cats. Miss Justice attended Central Washington University in 2004, where she received her Bachelor of Arts in Law in Justice and Spanish. She received her JD from the University of Oregon in 2007. While at the University of Oregon, Miss Justice was highly involved in the Black Law Students Association, Phi Alpha Delta Legal Fraternity, and the Associated Students of the University of Oregon. Following law school, Miss Justice taught for law faculty in Ethiopia. Upon her return, she engaged in volunteer activities with the Pierce County CASA program, serves on the board of directors for the Goodwill of the Olympics and Rainier Region. Miss Justice now uh, owns JJ Legal Services, practicing employment law and juvenile dependency. In other words, she's amazing, and we're really lucky to have her on the podcast. So lucky. So we're really excited to have you here. Thank you so Your much for coming Your bio is incredible. Thank you so much yeah. for having me. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. So it's so good to have I you. I mean, we read your bio. We kind of get that part of it. But, like, can you tell us a little bit about, like, how you came to where you're at today? Like, what's a little bit of your journey um, that folks might not just know reading about you? Oh, well, let's see here. Like, um, my bio said I um, was born in Seattle. We yeah. moved to Tacoma, Lakewood um, when I was in sixth grade mm. and have pretty much been around here ever, mm-hmm. ever since. I went away from, from school. Mm-hmm. And then went abroad, and I never really expected to be back in the Detroit <laughs> area. <laughs> but, you know, now I'm married. I have a dog, two cats. Yeah. We, you know, own a home. We own yeah. businesses. Yeah. So we're well, pretty well established. Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're here. So what brought you back to Tacoma in terms of, like, the work that you do and why you're here? Yeah. So I returned to Tacoma to take a job for the Social Security Administration. Okay. Cool. And then um, met my husband, mm-hmm. and there you have it. That's awesome. What did you do at SSA? So I was a decision writer or attorney advisor. Mm-hmm. So I would help the administrative law judges write decisions for people seeking mm-hmm. disability benefits. Mm-hmm. Cool. So That's I did really that awesome. for about five and a half years. Mm-hmm. Nice. So. so in that work, I mean, you have so many experiences, so I'm trying to think about the best <laughs> way to kind of get at those questions. Um, what were some of the challenges of that work? What did you find um, surprised you? It, I think one of the things that surprised me the most was just the lack of understanding mm. and, and cultural competence yeah. um, of some of our administrative law judges. But I say that, and really it's it's systemic. The regulations were written in a way that does not mm. necessarily translate to a very compassionate mm. system. And it's Which a is really spe- strange because it, <laughs> it's supposed well, to be. But it's yeah. a very. But it's also a very specific yeah. benefit, right? right. This yeah. is you yeah. absolutely cannot work, right. right? So if you're a construction worker and you've been doing that for, you know, fifteen twenty yeah. years mm-hmm. and you hurt your back, 
they'll say, yes, but you could still go work at McDonald's, mm, yeah. right? Never mind that you were making 70, 80, yeah. you know, right. however much, you know, construction workers can be yeah. very well paid, yeah. you know, especially yeah. if you've put that time in. Yeah, so absolutely. it's kind of a slap in the face to, yeah. to people. And then on top of that, you know, you're dealing with people who aren't necessarily sophisticated about how they navigate the system mm. and mm. people don't have access to healthcare. So if you don't have medical records mm-hmm. to support the issues that you're claiming mm-hmm. that you have, mm-hmm. right. what is the judge to do? Yeah. Right. And so it's not a comprehensive system. Yeah. It is very, very specific. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What do you feel like you learned from that experience working there? That we need more um we need a better vocational training system yeah. and we need a better healthcare system. I think those two issues really struck me working mm-hmm. there um, because people aren't, you know, if you have diabetes but you don't have good medical care, that means that your diabetes isn't necessarily mm-hmm. being managed mm-hmm. right. the best way that it can be. So you develop um, more complications related right. to that, you know. Yeah. And if you don't have vocational skills, it's not easy for you to find maybe a less physically demanding mm-hmm. job, right. right? So yeah, I know that in like Washington State, we're really fortunate to have um, I can never remember what it's called, but it's like the um, um, advocates who um, for job training for f- people with disabilities. Um, and I, I don't I know not all places have that. So is that like is that kind of disparity between states like is that like troubling too in terms of like we don't have this nece- we have some federal policies that cover like disability insurance but not necessarily um, comprehensive services to help people get vocational training. Right. And we do have a department of I think it's the Department of Vocational Rehabilitation mm-hmm. that does some of that. That's what I was saying. It's, D- it's DVR, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly, yeah. Um but even they don't do quite as much work as I think is necessary. Right. right. Um, and yeah, you're absolutely right. A lot of states don't have programs mm-hmm. quite as comprehensive as Washington State. Yeah. Right. So Social Security is a federal program, but when you look at nationwide statistics in some of the poorer states, mm-hmm. you're seeing higher percentages of people on disability. Yeah. Um, because of the lack of vocational resources, because yeah. of the lack of access to good right. medical care. There's a, a Dateline episode they mm-hmm. talk about in uh, West Virginia, yeah. and they're talking about how many people in the state of West Virginia are on um, Social Security disability, and part of it is, is their state is doesn't fund doesn't fund the kind of programs that anything well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That help people right. get back to work right or retrain or right. anything yeah so yeah. wow yeah. interesting so yeah. how is washington state system i mean comparable because you're trying to bring up other states like yeah. i actually feel like i don't know a lot about this topic so how is it comparable to what happens in other states um are we better i mean i want to say we're better but are we worse are we kind of the same what do you think mm. i don't i don't know that we're better i mm-hmm. think we're just different yeah right and so um I think it there there because there are additional services. Mm-hmm. I think the judges take a harder line on you know whether or not you've accessed services, mm-hmm. what work you put mm-hmm. into accessing services. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had judges flat out ask, um, you know, well, why didn't you enroll in Obamacare? Mm-hmm. Right? Because our state actually, had, yeah. Um, got the federal money for that and so mm-hmm. and and our state already does quite a lot to fund you know um 
low-cost medical care for people. So the lack of medical records isn't an excuse, right? right? So So, um, it's higher scrutiny for people. Right, right. Interesting. Yeah. Um, So in that work, what kind of disparities did you notice or what kind of issues around justice? I feel bad because your last name is also Justice. (laughs) That's probably really helpful, though. Is that annoying? Oh, my gosh. I'm sure you get asked this all the time. I I get some really funny comments. I was in court one day, and the judge, I I went up and introduced myself, and the judge says, Miss Justice, is that really your last yeah. name? <laughs> yes, Your Honor. Yes, it I is. Just faked it. And she says, "Congratulations, <laughs> thanks." <laughs> That's awesome. Meanwhile, can you just dismiss? The- yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Did you feel like resistance to wanting to get into law because of your last name, or was that like an appeal? Oh gosh, I started look. I started out college down. wanting to be a, a high school Spanish teacher. Oh really? Right? So, so you have a yeah. degree also in Spanish, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I do, but don't ask me to speak okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been way too long. That's I just really you, know, funny. you don't yeah. use it, you lose it. So what so. made you transition from teaching to just to this kind of work? Law yeah, work. I took a political science class mm. instead of mm. history. Mm. Sorry, <laughs> um, I was a political science major. Uh, yeah. I just I'm a, somehow day, a political true. science major got to be a history teacher. So. I had a very traumatic. <laughs> experience in high school oh, from really? my high school history teacher. Oh, I, took, no. I took AP history and mm-hmm. he was the absolute just the worst. Yeah. Okay, the <laughs> yeah. worst. And so I was determined to like never take another history class yeah. if I could avoid it, yeah. which is shameful because it's really interesting. But no, but if I mean teach good teaching matters, right? Yeah. 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 So instead of to to fulfill my social sciences requirements or whatever I I took a political science um, thing and just kind of looking at our systems of government and everything was really really interesting so I kind of Shifted. Yeah. Who kisses? Nice. Yeah. That's really funny. So, that's awesome. I think I lost track of the original, my original question for you. Oh, oh, just oh, thinking about, yeah, disparities. Yeah. Um, like, so, what do you notice about that kind of work in the, in the stuff that you're doing? Yeah. So, in, within the Social Security, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things, I mean, I, um, I had to have this very in-depth conversation with a judge about how what he was doing was actually rooted in racism yeah. because mm. he had this gentleman who'd been here since sixth grade, but he didn't speak a ton of English. He had a, Mm -hmm. well, maybe that's not accurate, but he had a sixth grade Mm -hmm. education from Mexico, did not speak a lot of English, had done pretty rigorous labor Mm -hmm. for years. And the judge wanted to disregard everything that he said because he was able to have Mm -hmm. a 15 or 20 minute conversation with an investigator, yeah. right? Which I can have a 20-minute conversation in Spanish. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. that um, I'm fluent and, yeah. and comprehensive. It doesn't mean that I'm literate, right? And yeah. that's one of the standards mm-hmm. okay. when you're determining disability is education level, mm-hmm. right? So if you're mm-hmm. illiterate, the analysis is a little bit different. And, you know, I flat out disagreed with him disregarding mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. that the guy said because of this mm-hmm. one conversation right. um, from an from an investigator that tended to, you know, a, an investigation process that tended to be kind of skewed. Mm-hmm. Biased, so, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and even within the dependency setting that I work in now, you know, where, I mean, 
African-American kids are something like twice as likely mm-hmm. to be put in the dependency setting. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think uh, Latino kids are almost three times as likely, right? Or mm-hmm. Native American kids, right? I, I can't remember which category, but it's, there's something like yeah. three times more yeah. likely to be in that system. Yet, when we're dealing with the social workers, mm-hmm. they're predominantly yep. white women. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the lack of cultural understanding mm. that exists within mm. that. Like, mm-hmm. having a conversation about, hey, you need to make sure that the foster home understands what kind of hair care products right. this kiddo yeah. needs, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you need to understand that this Native American family doesn't trust you, right. so don't penalize them when they don't necessarily want to be forthcoming with information. Mm, yeah. They don't trust you. Yep, yep, right? Yeah. Like, our government yeah. took yeah. Native American Had, like, children. Systematically yeah. screwed yeah. them over yeah. forever. Exactly. Yeah. So don't yeah. don't talk about, I don't understand why they're not communicating with mm. me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, lots of reasons later. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Could you kind exactly. of walk us through, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, we laugh, but we're, like, awkward. Yeah. Uh, can you walk us through kind of the process a kid goes through and kind of where they encounter you? And then um, what do you hope to, like, accomplish in, like, interacting with them and, like, the work that you do? Yeah. So um, what, what ends up happening is somehow a referral is made. Mm-hmm. Um, that these kids are being abused, neglected. Mm-hmm. There's there's mm-hmm. something going on with their well-being. And yeah. um, the state comes in and says, hey, we're going to take the kid out of the home. We're going to put mm-hmm. him in foster care. And then um, so they file a petition asking the court to name the kid mm-hmm. dependent. And um, the goal is typically to reunify the mm-hmm. family by offering services, um, Mm -hmm. whether it's mental health counseling, whether it's um, substance abuse treatment, whatever, whatever the actual issue might be, anger management. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I get involved. The kids that I represent are um, 12 and over. Mm, Um, Is it to 21? Is that the... Yeah, you can do extended foster Mm -hmm. care for quite a while. Um, That's for kids who are, you know, working and trying to yeah. get um, vocational training or careers mm-hmm. off the ground or going to college to provide that additional support instead of just 18 dumping them out yeah. into the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I get involved, um, kids over 12, um, and Washington State does a pretty good job. We're seeing more kids being appointed attorneys, and the goal there. Because there's a lot of people that get involved in the mm. dependency system, yeah. right? You have um, the Department mm-hmm. of, of Child and Youth Services. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of times there's what they call a CASA or guardian ad litem mm-hmm. right. who's an independent um, kind of investigator who makes recommendations mm-hmm. to the court. Then the parents, and they have their own attorneys. Yeah. Um, but oftentimes in all of that, the kid's voice mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily yeah. get heard. And so I come in to make sure that they are truly being advocated yeah. for. If a kid says, I really want a pony, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> then I go into court and I try and figure out a way yeah. to get the kid a pony. Now, yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. But yeah. if, you know, I mean, even something more simple than that, right? If they want a haircut, 
Exactly. And people and and the foster home is being resistant to getting a haircut. Right. I mean, things things like that or if they want um, they need a computer to do homework. Right. To make sure that those things are being taken care of. And even more seriously than that, if they're truly having issues with visiting with their parents. Mm -hmm. Right. Because the both the parents and the kids have rights. So. One of those rights is to have visitation. Mm-hmm. But if the kid says, I am not comfortable visiting mm-hmm. with my parents, I go in and, and say, hey, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, this kid should not be forced to visit with their right. parents um, or if they don't want to be returned to their parents. Right. right? That is something that especially, needs to yeah. be expressed. Imagine right. that in cases of, of severe abuse and neglect, mm-hmm. like these these people hurt me. Yeah, right. that that would be right. yeah really troubling. I mean, I have a I have a kid who's thirteen. She's not quite fourteen, and she has been very clear that you know, look, my parents don't have the tools to mm-hmm. provide a stable environment. And she put it to me in that in in those terms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, very mature, which is nice because it's easy to communicate yeah. with her but sad yeah. that she has to have right. that yeah. level yeah. of understanding she's her own advocate right yeah. and yeah because and she didn't have adult. an adult to, she's adulting for herself yeah, yeah. exactly which is you know yeah. sad when i was when i was 13 i was not capable of adulting to that level definitely not <laughs> no i was definitely yeah. writing angsty poems and yeah no really bad acoustic songs yeah <laughs> yeah yeah about nothing yeah it sounds about right but listening yeah. to yeah. bubblegum pop yeah right yeah being yeah yeah. being angsty. Yeah. No so kidding. you're appointed then, yes. essentially? Okay. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you think that's like in terms of, um, I mean, your kind of forced relationship, but also like the work that you do is so meaningful and can make such a difference. Um, is that kind of strange going into? I mean, what do you like about that? What's the challenges? So it's challenging because you have to build that relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with kids who have gone through trauma, mm-hmm. I mean, even – if they're in a safe place now, just the act of having their family disrupted is incredibly traumatic. Mm. And, you know, they have likely not had a very good upbringing. So the adults that were in their life, as much as they love Mm -hmm. them, Mm -hmm. they can't trust them all Mm. the way. So there's a lot of trust that has to be built. And that Mm. can be difficult when you're dealing with a kiddo who's gone through Mm. some trauma Mm. but once you have those breakthroughs um it's incredibly satisfying Mm -hmm. to be able to go in and say you know look this is where we're at and my kiddo is is flourishing in this way and um being successful in that way because of the steps Mm -hmm. that we've taken that's Mm -hmm. awesome that sounds kind of like familiar to us too i think because working in education that and we're seeing possibly some of the same kids, right? Like the, right. Are yeah. in our school, in the school system, public school system are also students you're working with or young people you're working with. So, you know, that's that feeling of that relationship building piece is, um, it is so satisfying and so gratifying when yeah. you see kids thrive and be successful. It's like the best feeling. Yeah. Do you find, so I kind of want to get into like a little bit of like um, some of the, uh, the demographics of students work with, do you find like you work with, you kind of mentioned earlier, just a disproportionality with students of color. So what does that look like on the ground with the work that you do? Um, and then how do you build those bridges? I mean, as a woman of color, like what's that like um, with our kids and, and how do they respond to you? Yeah. And that's been one of the nice things because most of my clients are 
kids of color, yeah. right? And um, being able to come in as somebody that looks like them mm-hmm. um, or is able to kind of relate to them in a in a different way is is really really helpful. I mm-hmm. think being able to kind of speak their language mm-hmm. and kind of understand where they're coming from has been. Um, that is critical because, mm-hmm. like I said before, in this system, mm-hmm. there aren't a lot of people that yeah. look like them, yeah. right? And right. just having that yeah. is, I think, well, and like really the, important. You mentioned before, like, CASAs and social workers, but um, also, like, are a lot of judges sure. are over a certain age. Mm-hmm. They're white, predominantly male. And it's mm-hmm. it, it, that's another, I mean, you think about if— there's no one like re- how much representation matters yeah. in the legal system that if mm-hmm. a, a kid goes through the legal system and never a black boy for example never meets another black person mm-hmm. like in Within that process that system. right yeah. it's like yeah. I, that, I can't imagine how um uncanny that would feel or how yeah. like othering that would feel that yeah. would be really frustrating i mean even as an as as an attorney a woman of color yeah. in yeah. the in a very yeah. white male uh system it is really challenging to be yeah. the only voice yeah. in the room, yeah. right? And, who I could tell you stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. just about just, you know, the patriarchy. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pick one of your patriarchy stories. I, mean, oh I don't my want to impress you for too oh, much. But oh, gosh. Yeah. Just, just Help, tell people who don't understand this kind of thing, like, see a little bit. Yeah. What are some of those? Uh, just... A couple weeks ago, yeah. I was in court waiting for some, waiting for a resolution to a case, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much everything had been hammered out. Mm-hmm. But the one of the counsels for the parents, or one of the parties, um, white male, mm-hmm. who's known for just being an ass. <laughs> um, but that's fine. It's fine. <laughs> he's, it's, just, it's just who he is, you know? He's <laughs> zealously advocating for his client, and it's right. okay. Yeah, it's so just how he is. Uh, yeah. It's just his personality. Um, he had added some things Uh-oh. to the order, yeah. which in in the legal field, like, fine, you can add it, but you have to give the other parties an opportunity to mm-hmm. look at it before you just start like adding notice. things right. in, yeah. right? And um, it wasn't—these weren't my orders, so I simply asked him because the counsel who was getting ready to— present these had not arrived yet Mm -hmm. and I said oh did she see these and he blew up at me for asking a very simple question like I just wanted to know if we were going to have to have a long discussion about this or if Mm -hmm. it had already been cleared right and he then pointed to the um white male GAL and said well he is an attorney he can explain this to you what? What? Where's Shane Bell? Right? Yeah. Shame no, it. seriously. For shame. shame. Yeah. First one. And I just kind of looked at him and I said, well, I am asking you a simple question yeah. because you and I both know that it's inappropriate to start adding things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And left it at that. And it was very funny because once the other attorney got there, another attorney who had happened to, another female attorney who happened yeah. to have seen all of this, pulls her out into the hall and says, you are, you know, pulls us both out. She says, you are not going to believe what that guy just said to her. <laughs> I mean, so we had a moment yeah, and yeah. Then processed. But, you know, it things yeah. like that happen yeah. all the time. I was talking mm. to a colleague of mine who um, <laughs> had a judge 
comment on the fact that she wasn't wearing pantyhose. What? Yeah. It's, completely. This is like modern day era right now. And yes. yeah, yeah, completely. Yes. Yeah, totally not related. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The look. Yes. There you go. I mean, and it's now. <laughs> what? This, no, here's, here's, wait, here's, is there a dress code still? for But here's the kicker. Like, this was a female judge. Mm. Oh, there man. You go. Yeah. Read that shit. That yeah. was worse. It, oh, and it's what? just, no. Like, I, I was asking, courts, they don't. That's why I was asking kind of yeah. like um, um, like facetiously because like most courts don't have anything like that. So there's not like, I mean, like it's not like you, ha- you have to ch- walk through the, the metal detector and there's the security mm. guards like double checking that you're wearing pantyhose. And in some yeah. courts, yeah. Um, it is definitely more appropriate to wear traditional, you know, mm-hmm. suit, a skirt suit, yeah. not a pants suit, right, yeah, if you're a female. Um, but it is certainly inappropriate to comment yeah. on the, like, yeah. in right. front of everybody yeah. about yeah. whether or not somebody is dressed appropriately. If you right. need to say something about it. You pass a note, like a post-it note. I don't Please know how appropriate thank you. that is. Yeah. But. You know what I would I mean, do if I were her in that situation? The next time I was in court with that judge, I would wear like crazy print, like <laughs> like like um, rainbow with like tights. glitter yeah. lightning bolt tights. <laughs> I love it. And be like, I'm, I'm wearing my pantyhose today. Yeah. Yeah. That's but, funny. I mean, but women in the legal profession make yeah. those sort of decisions yeah. all yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, when my hair was longer, I would tie it back more often Mm, because my hair is very curly Mm. and um, I personally love it. (laughs) However, uh, not everybody appreciates Mm. it as much as I do. So So do you find, I mean, um, what you're talking about really reminds me, like we've been doing a gender unit in my AP class. And so we've been talking a lot about the overlap of like positionality and just like when race plays a factor more than gender versus mm. like your social mm. class and how the fact of the matter is it's like so complicated. It's constantly yeah. shifting. That shifting. Inter- that intersectionality. Yeah. And, and so I'm curious, um, like when you think about the work you do, where do you feel like does one factor play a stronger role mm. than others? Like does that shift depending on the court you're in or the kind of case you're doing or mm. what is that like? Yeah, I think it definitely depends on. Um, who I'm interacting mm-hmm. with, what courtroom I'm in, what setting I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't. It's so complicated to yeah. be to, to yeah. break those apart. Yeah. I think is is impossible, mm-hmm. and I think that's why the conversations around intersectionality yeah. are so yeah. important yeah. to understand. You know that many people have multiple kind yeah. of strikes against yeah. them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <clears throat> no. Um, have you been in a place where you felt like um, any of those elements like were an asset in terms of making some kind of advocacy work like move forward? Like, were you able to like leverage any of those insights into a into a, like a really positive outcome? Yeah, I mean that um, interaction I was telling you about with my Native American client that I have, and, mm-hmm. and explaining to the social worker, mm-hmm. look, they don't trust you, mm-hmm. and it's your job. Mm-hmm. To establish mm-hmm. trust, how are you communicating with them? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, and she says, "Well, I need to think about that, right?" Because she recognized that she hadn't handled mm-hmm. the situation in the best way. Yeah. And these social workers, I mean, bless their hearts, they have caseloads that are um, obscene, yeah, um, and are just going from 
crisis to crisis yeah. mm-hmm. oftentimes. So for her to step back and say, okay, you're right, I need to think about how I'm mm-hmm. interacting was a really good, um, a positive thing to see yeah. because I am hopeful that mm-hmm. in the future, you know, she will interact with my client and their family yeah. in a better way. Yeah, it seems like it would be hard to be reflective if your whole job just feels like one big crisis. Right. Like dealing with a ca- caseload of hundreds of right. really kids who really need your help. Yeah. You know, I can't imagine how stressful that would be. And I, I, I have a caseload of about 150 students. And so I think about what if all of those students were constantly in crisis right. and had recent trauma. Right. Like, and a handful of our kids do every day, right? And so we're helping them, coaching them, and, like, mm-hmm. loving them and taking care of them and helping them do school while they're dealing with all these things going on in their life. But, yeah, for social workers, I guess being reflective that that, I don't know, it seems like that would be, when do you have the time to right. <laughs> stop Well, even and, if you yeah. only have a handful of your caseload that's in crisis at a time, yeah. that means that that other piece of your caseload mm-hmm. isn't getting your full attention the, the yeah. attention that they need yeah. to keep them from going right. into crisis yeah. right so yeah. then you're done with this handful over here and you're yeah. just moving on to the next yeah one. and that, that reflection piece is so critical yeah. to do the work right of helping traumatized families heal right, right. and how do you do it if you don't have the capacity right. oh man uh let's take a quick break and then okay. come back for more sounds good This is Eric Hanberg, host of the Channel 253 sister podcast, We Art Tacoma. Channel 253 is sponsored by Pacific Lutheran University. PLU probably doesn't need any introduction. They've been a part of the Tacoma community since 1890. Maybe your kids went there. Hey, maybe you went there. Go Lutes. But if you're thinking about revamping your career or launching a second career, have you thought about PLU for a master's program? PLU offers a dozen master's degrees and postgrad certificates. And, get this, some of them can be completed in as little as nine months. Get your master's in education and become someone's favorite teacher. Get your MFA and unleash your inner poet. Or what about a master's in business administration, finance, or marketing research? Honestly, I'm not quite sure what you can get with those last degrees, but I bet it pays really, really well. Applications for all master's programs are on a rolling basis. For more information, visit plu.edu slash graduate to learn more. PLU, for the next step in your career. And we're back. We're back. (laughs) So I recently was hearing a lot of news about the, there's this one night homeless count and the kind of, they were focused really kind of on Thurston County in the story because it was talking about Olympia and how the homelessness crisis in Olympia it went from they had like an overnight count of like 350 homeless people, and uh, in the radio interview, someone said, "Oh, within if you walk within blocks of here, you can you can count up to 500 homeless people in downtown oh. Olympia." And it's just gotten so much worse in in King County, Pierce County, and Thurston County. Um, and so, how does that kind of overlap with the work you do in terms of like, do you encounter a lot of homeless youth? Like, what's um, how does that? How does how does, how does homelessness kind of intersect with like foster care or like yeah. dependency? The rent's too damn high. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <it is laughs> I mean, true. Yeah, I do have a couple of uh, clients right now who whose family have really struggled with mm. um, housing instability, mm. and that was among the reasons that they mm. were taken into foster care. Mm-hmm. And um, one client in particular also has developmental. Um, 
issues and the system is just not equipped to handle it because mm-hmm. there aren't enough specialized homes that can mm-hmm. manage people with developmental mm-hmm. and behavioral problems mm-hmm. and so the foster care is not equipped to 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 help them and then disability services is not necessarily equipped to help them if they're in the foster care system. Right. Um, hmm. And so that kid's kind of left floating out there mm-hmm. and trying to advocate for something that's going to provide him stability and, mm-hmm. and, and help him develop. And it's really frustrating mm-hmm. because he's almost 18 now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we're and looking a game at having to— in the foster care uh, system. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I have another client with— you know, some behavioral problems, and she, the only bed that they could find for her was in freaking Utah, you know, just because she needed really specific care. care. Yeah. Yeah. And so throwing, excuse me, throwing housing instability on top of all of that is, gosh, you know, Mm -hmm. and I mean, these families are dealing with the most, you know, Um, and you have parents who don't have job skills. You Mm -hmm. have parents who don't have um, basic financial planning skills because Mm -hmm. their income is what it is. Maybe they're Mm -hmm. on a fixed income. Maybe they're unable to find Mm -hmm. consistent work, right? right? So, I mean, it is— Usually not one issue. Right. A lot of compounding issues. Yeah, Yeah. that these families face and breaking them Mm. down to get them back to a strong, stable place Mm. is hard. Mm. Absolutely. So you work primarily in Pierce County. Yes. Um, So what do you think are some of the challenges that maybe are unique to Pierce County that maybe not like all of us know or like the average person knows, but as kind of an insider, you're like, this is something that— we should probably be more aware of or at least mm. attuned to? Mm. I think the way that, like I mentioned before, a lot of times people are going from crisis to crisis yeah. mm-hmm. and there's not a comprehensive mm. way to manage some of these mm-hmm. cases. Let's say um, a parent needs um, parenting classes, mm-hmm. right, because they need to build up their toolbox and how to manage their Mm -hmm. kids but they also have their own mental health issues that they're dealing with so they need counseling and Mm -hmm. how is all of that being coordinated with their ability to work yeah right Right. their ability to um maybe they have um dependency issues Mm -hmm. right how how are all of these things being taken care of in a way that helps the whole family yeah um and i think one of the things that I want people to realize is that we attack these individual pieces, mm-hmm. but not yeah. the whole family right. all yeah. the time. I had a, heard a story about um, a woman who was got a housing voucher, but the only available housing at the time in her circumstances when she was working on um, in with through the foster care system to be reunited with her kids. Um, and she was doing everything the judge told her to. She was mm-hmm. going back to work. She was getting counseling. She was doing everything right. She got a housing voucher, and the only available housing option was on um, 
It was like on the second floor, and it was like a work housing mm-hmm. co- um, combo. Mm-hmm. Um, and she couldn't work because she she broke her foot, and Can't so she couldn't climb the stairs, and oh. so she couldn't work there, and she couldn't live there because it was on the second floor, right. and it wasn't ADA compliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so things like that, uh-huh. and no one no one was there to help her right. right like it it and it wasn't because people didn't care it's because the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing right. <laughs> so, that's, well yeah. that's that's it exactly yeah. is there's not this over mm-hmm. overview right i mean yeah. i one of my clients their parents qualify for a voucher but they can't find a place to use it mm. because of credit issues because yeah. of criminal background issues yeah. that so well, what are they supposed to do? They, yeah, they are I mean, going to yeah. like, get a get a fifth wheel and live in a trailer park, right? right? Which is not necessarily mm. um, a good situation for mm-hmm. them, right? right? Because it's not the best. It's not a nice, clean trailer yeah. park, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not well. It's not well insulated. Yeah. It's not. You Those know, things. you still have to buy like propane. Like, does it's, it have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it have running water? Right. Yeah, All of right. these things. And sometimes with parks like that, too, you're paying a huge amount of lot rent to park your trailer, and it's, I mean, is it affordable? And those don't qualify for housing vouchers, right? Some of the most affordable housing in Pearson King County doesn't qualify for housing vouchers. That's really weird. I can't can't imagine why that would be because of capitalism. Right, Right. exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that we're doing anything in Pierce County? Like, do you think that we're moving in the right direction on any of those kinds of things in terms of comprehensive? services or just like where are you feeling like there are there's good work happening so within the dependency system in particular i think that we do have a lot of resources Mm -hmm. here right so my clients whose families are facing housing instability um we have the tacoma housing authority Mm -hmm. that is kind of Mm -hmm. helpful a helpful resource and um because there are so many people involved, there's a lot of um, brain power that can mm-hmm. go into figuring out what resources this family mm-hmm. needs. And I think Pierce County does a good job of getting people involved early, right? Mm-hmm. The the kids are given um, a CASA or a GAL mm-hmm. early, right, in and an attorney Reminder early. Reminder listeners what, the, what that so, is. So CASA stands for Court Appointed Special yeah. Advocate, and GAL stands for Guardian Ad Litem. Mm-hmm. And it's just a person appointed by the court to kind of do an independent investigation and provide mm-hmm. an opinion on what's in the mm-hmm. best interest of the child, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So so that is one of the areas that we actually do a good job in I think so I I do I mean the CASA program is a national program Mm -hmm. but it started here in Washington State Mm -hmm. right Um, and it's a really great program Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure of the specific qualifications to be a volunteer CASA Mm -hmm. but um, anybody Google it yeah Yeah. anybody that's got some free time and qualifies should consider any CASA people or CASAs who I've ever met are amazing yeah Mm -hmm. because the people who do it are I mean like think about the best people you know who Mm want to help kids Mm -hmm. that's that's them that's yeah I I feel like I've encountered a few folks (laughs) like who are wonderful yeah Yeah. Yeah. and I I did that for eight years yeah um, see told you see while I was you know even before I started working 
working for the Social Security Administration, mm-hmm. and I was lucky to be mm-hmm. able to continue that work. And then yeah. now my role is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Now I kind of get paid something to yeah. represent. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. It's not volunteering. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's nice to get paid. So you have a magic wand, say, and uh, if you were going to fix any of the issues that you've mentioned or even ones you haven't mentioned but you're like, I really want to fix this, um, what would you do? What would how would you improve? Do I have system? to pick one thing? No, give me a no. couple. Okay. Like, no. No. You have like <laughs> five <laughs> things in your magic wand. Honest, you honestly, <laughs> no, no joke. Yeah, we need universal health care, huh. and we need mm-hmm. good um, vocational training. We need affordable um, vocational training. We need affordable mm-hmm. college so that people can develop job skills mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, those are the two yeah. things that. I just, I see time and time again, you yeah. know, if you're not healthy, you can't work, right? Yeah. If you don't have training, you can't work yeah. and be, you can't, without those two things, mm-hmm. you can't be self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. Right. And based on some of your comments earlier about, like, mental health, it's almost like there's another piece of, like, mental health and, like, we think of health as, like, bodily health, mm-hmm. but you're brain is in your body so like <laughs> yeah. health mental health care parity like where we treat mental yes. health as health right like Absolutely. that's so very important um yeah wow yeah and and going along with that right mm. we need health coverage to actually encompass mm-hmm. all of that yeah because and honestly i i think some of a, a lot of the mental health issues that people face are related to traumas that they faced mm-hmm. related to, um, you know, when they look at what the future sort of has in yeah. store for them, it's it's not mm-hmm. amazing, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, that mm-hmm. they see all of these barriers to opportunity um, mm-hmm. and they see that lack of access mm-hmm. to opportunity and that's heavy. Yeah, demoralizing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nothing else you do with your magic wand? I know your face is like, I got like a million things. <laughs> I mean, trying but, to prioritize. Yeah. That, right? <laughs> I really got to prioritize. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Me too. Just, oh. yeah. just like fix just, everything yeah. all at I once. give everybody a hug. I, yeah. Right. <laughs> I think on the school end, I was just thinking about this um, as you're explaining, like with healthcare and, um, you know, the, the, just that I sometimes wish that in schools we had enough enough funding mm. for like type of wraparound services right, that yeah. are for our kids because we have these we sort of like it's sort of piecemeal in terms yeah. of mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we have amazing resources at our school You're like here's a counselor that are for from, this kind of thing right and then yeah another counselor for this other kind of right thing, like specialization like, no. yeah, and like but that's exactly right. that's exactly we what i was talking that. about before it yeah is, yeah it is problematic when you say well go see this person yeah. for this issue yeah. and that person for that issue yeah. and maybe you have a case manager to help you coordinate all of that but that but doesn't like don't, negate yeah. all yeah. of these different little pieces right. right yeah i feel like it would be i mean i think about at our school and we we talk i feel like we need to interview michelle at some point because we talk about <laughs> her all the time but we have a counselor at our school who um had this idea to start um a community resource center and mm. it's kind of a hub for all kinds of um, yes. incredible resources and yes. it's part of our counseling team and I feel like we need more things like that that really yeah. identify kids in need and help them get the stuff that they mm-hmm. need yeah those needs met because it's um yeah we have a lot of kids who are hurting and struggling mm-hmm. and they don't always get 
everything they need to That's right. feel supported and That's be right. successful. So how much do you interact with people like in schools directly? I mean, besides your students or the, the, the children you're advocating for? So I try really hard yeah. to um, not embarrass kids at school. Yeah. <laughs> right? so, so, I mean, I get I get, hey, me too. <laughs> I get, I get grade reports and things yeah. like this, okay. right? But yeah. I tend to, and if I need to and have the permission of my clients to speak with their yeah. counselor about certain issues, you know, then I do that so that I mm-hmm. know the best way to help them. And um, But my role is oftentimes just advocating yeah. that mm-hmm. my kiddo get the academic support yeah. that they need, right. that they get the mental health yeah. support that they need, yeah. um, you know. Because so. I was kind of thinking about, like, what do you recommend for those of us who, you know, maybe work directly with kids in schools? Like, how yeah. can we partner with the kind of work that you do um, and other folks in our community who are doing this work? Like, how do we make this um, a strong team, you know, to help our students? Right. Like, is there any things you wish that you saw from teachers or educators or even, like, other community members that – I know a lot of folks who listen aren't yeah. necessarily in schools. But, like, right. is there any recommendations for us um, in terms of what we could do better? I mean, I think – just having a trauma informed approach mm, yeah. um is really is really important. If Absolutely. you know that one of your kiddos is struggling or somebody, you know, if you're a community member, right, you know that yeah. a family in yeah. your area is struggling, um, being mindful of that and mm-hmm. um sometimes it's the smallest things mm-hmm. that that make a huge difference, right? It, Maybe that kiddo is is missing a particular type of candy that their mom used to always get Mm, them mm -hmm. or, um, you know, they've because they've been moved so much, they no longer have access to their iPod or something. Yeah, do, yeah. do people even have iPods anymore? <laughs> like, that's, don't, like, that's a like a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, like, it's all, yeah. Yeah. like, apps. They're, yeah. like, Spotify. Oh, right. On their phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But your point still stands. But, yeah. you know, whatever it might be, if it's that stuffed animal, right? yeah. I don't, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But there are little things that can make a really big difference right. because – my experience is these kids just want to be kids, mm-hmm. right? They yeah. want to be loved. They mm-hmm. want to be able to um, play and engage in activities, yeah. right? So if there's a kid that wants to um, be involved with band, right, mm-hmm. if you can yeah. help them find ways because maybe their foster family doesn't have money to provide them um, a musical instrument, mm-hmm. but – if you can put them in contact with outside services yeah. that help with that kind yeah. of thing, right, and just be informed about what community resources mm-hmm. are available. Mm-hmm. The problem is, like you were saying, Annie, like they're so piecemeal yeah. that it's hard to keep yeah. track of all of these things. Yeah. So I don't know. I think maybe going back to my magic wand, it'd be nice to have just that comprehensive yeah. list of services. I think that there's overlap, but they're not talking to each other yeah right yeah yeah any other final final questions kind of no i think that's about it um i love your magic wand question that's always my favorite (laughs) yeah yeah well then i'm gonna ask a really trite question (laughs) Um, (laughs) transitioning a little bit um as we wrap up today uh 
guilty favesies. Interchangeable. White ladies. Uh, what is something that totally like changed? It's uh, totally. Good thing fine. we have the music that Doug like. Puts oh yeah, in here I love like, Doug's music. That's my like, favorite shift part. A little bit. Okay. Um, things that you love. Yeah. That also maybe you're like mm, maybe I, I don't love this as much. You know, I didn't realize this was one for me until like literally yesterday. <laughs> that I actually really enjoy the game apps on my phone oh like what? I Candy Crush oh no um I have seen you play that at lunch yeah times, Candy yeah. Crush um Blossom Blast what is that oh yeah <laughs> I'll show you um you won't you won't be able to stop um the kids right now love Wordscapes they love Word that's basically kind of like Scrabble but you can play against oh. your friends on your phone and so the kids are like what, what level of Wordscapes you on um was that like what was uh, the Scrabble game that everyone had like all Words the with friends oh, Words with yeah. friends yeah. is this like better time. than that I think yeah. it kind of is. It reminds me more of like, I don't know. Yeah. It's less social media-esque than Words with Friends was. Because oh, right. you can play it solo. Wordscapes you can play solo and it's like, and it's fun. Um, Maybe that'd be more fun. Because the problem with my Words yeah. with Friends is I always have friends that are smarter than me, yeah. which I like in real life, or, but or, also or not you when you're playing a game. Or you had friends, or you had friends like, who are using, using the Scrabble word finder on oh, Google gosh, yeah. oh, and then lying about yeah. it. And they're just like, oh yeah, I totally beat you. And you're like, whatever, dude. Hate them. Yeah. So I guess those phone games. The other one I just got that I'm having a hard time with is it's called dots, dots. it's um it's really what? addictive it's really no. addictive it's a really good thing that they only give you like five Sound lives per game <laughs> then i run out and what i get have to do something See, else I know nothing about i'll tell you all about either. it i'll show you okay <laughs> i'll show you um jackie That's any funny. uh guilty phases things you oh enjoy but maybe you feel i watch trash tv <laughs> i'm not this even a common thread i'm not actually, even gonna lie like yeah. i'm looking forward show. to going home and watching how to get away with murder <laughs> I right love it. like yeah. I, it's look it's, it's not, not that not, trash I mean, it's about law no it's amazing but it's not good okay? <laughs> actually i always i usually ask our guests about like if your profession is represented on media oh, how God, do you feel stop. about the way yeah. it's represented so actually i'm going to diverge back to a serious oh, totally question fine. so when you think about your work like on tv and in media where do you TV find work. like it is worstly like worstly oh God, most worst poorly represented like you're like that is not oh this profession uh, this is the thing. How to get away with murder <laughs> is so bad. <laughs> this is this is not real life. Right? This is. I mean, yeah. Okay, Look, so but like and I do words. love my legal dramas. Yeah. Right? I oh, yeah. was. I would race home from class yeah. when I was in college to watch Law and Order. <laughs> right. Like I race home so I that I could one. watch my. Wait, which Law and Order are you? Oh gosh. Oh gee. Okay. Oh what? That's <laughs> you. <laughs> So then, is there a law show or like a movie you think of that like actually represents it, like kind of real, like maybe a seventy percent accurate? Oh gosh, oh gosh. See, these days I don't get to watch as much TV, right? But when I do, because I'm not, yeah. Um, But changing the world, yeah. And so, and so when I do, I watch just the trash ones, junk TV, yeah. Um, That's awesome. Whatever. Empire too. So they have good music, but. It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> That's really funny. Well, if I'm going to go on the TV strain of things, um, I just started watching You, which is kind of embarrassing. Oh, a bunch no. of my students have been talking about that. And I usually don't take student advice with TV shows because <laughs> it's real trash. But a bunch of them have been talking about that show, You. And um, we said I kind of finally started watching it like a week ago. And, yeah, it's kind of got this, like, weird like teeny bopper dextery but then it's also very like narcissistic hence oh. the word you mm-hmm. um but like the main protagonist he is kind of this creep 
Dexter-esque, right? Like he's like kind of murdery and he's also yeah. like a stalker. Oh. But then you also are meant to like kind of feel he bad for really him. really nice. Yeah, he's great. And you also feel bad for him too because you're like, oh, you want to find love. But then you're like creeping on this girl like in the bar and he like stands outside her window yeah. and it's like really disturbing. Wow. Um, but the part that is interesting is the fact that mostly my students have like walked me through every episode. Like somehow I have a couple <laughs> students who always find a way to like incorporate it into the lesson. They're like, well, this reminds me of an episode of you. And I have like students like making relevant connections. I'm like, oh, God. Sure thing. Tell yeah. me how, you know. Yeah. And so I feel like I know about the season without having watched the whole season. <laughs> so now I'm That's great. stacking it up. So. I was going to say, have you yeah. checked out a few episodes then? And you- yeah, I've done like three episodes in maybe. Okay. And I'm like, okay, I can kind of see where this is going. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it's very strange. Yeah. Is yeah. it on a streaming platform? Yes, it's Netflix. It's a okay. Netflix show. Yeah. So I tell right. you, I really like trash TV. So <laughs> now you know. Go yeah. check it out. Oh, yeah, terrible. <laughs> uh, final segment, Annie. Do your fudging homework. Interchangeable. White ladies. All right. So what do you recommend for <laughs> our me, listeners sorry. to go ahead and do to make themselves better, um, less mm. basic, or just understand something outside of themselves? What would you what is the homework, ladies? Can I give two homework assignments? Yes, please. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, one, I would definitely recommend that people check out the CASA program. Mm-hmm. If they cool. can't actually get involved as a volunteer CASA, there are lots of ways that they can support the program. Cool. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely do that. Uh, and if you want to know more about, you know, kind of racial inequities mm-hmm. within um, the justice system, within the criminal justice system, specifically check out The New Jim Crow mm-hmm. by Michelle Alexander yeah. mm-hmm. once you finish reading White Fragility. Hey. Yeah, so. Gotta do that first. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so my book recommendation has nothing to do with the topic of our episode. Maybe nothing. Uh, I just finished reading White Rage, uh, Carol oh, Anderson. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Um, and I listened to the audiobook about it, which is like six hours, which was actually really fast for an audiobook. Mm-hmm. But I think what's really good about it sometimes I feel like titles are a little bit misleading like even White Fragility Mm. um, the title is a little bit misleading uh, even though that you know that's what it's about but um, (laughs) yeah yeah exactly right and so White Rage just kind of is one of the best like uh, timelines that I've read in I don't know how long that just lays out like racial divide and racial Uh history in this country from the beginning to now Mm -hmm. and it's just like here's another thing oh you thought you knew that here's another thing and also by the way while that was happening this other thing that you thought was actually disconnected also was happening at the same time and it's just like lay it out and so it connected a lot of dots that I'm like Oh, yeah, those, like, I know about those things, but sometimes I don't think about them in relation to each yeah. other, which mm-hmm. is why we're at where we're at. Yeah. And so highly yeah. recommend that for anybody to listen to. Cool. Um, along that, like, yeah. I was listening to one of your guys' um, recent episodes, and the your guest was talking about um, seeing white. Yeah. And I've got that queued mm. up and ready to go to check out. Cool. So, yeah, yeah. throw yeah. that on your another recommendation. recommendation. There. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Double recommend. That, that does remind me, actually, there's another podcast that I did start listening to, and it was the Ruby Ridge case. Oh, And yeah. just talking about like, crazy as a white supremacy and yeah. some of the yeah. things that have happened. You sent me a little bit of that. It was yeah. really good. Um, yeah. And they talk a lot about, like, women. Of, we've talked about women of the alt-right on the yeah. show. But just kind of getting into, like, the women that are the problem, which mm. women seem to be a lot of problems yeah, these days. Sure. Oh, yeah. Problematic. Problematic um, white women out there. It's weird. <laughs> what? what? Any, any recommendations? Uh, yeah. I have, I have to recommend one thing that happened around the holidays at our school um, with our – what is kind of like our um, services at Lincoln. Um, our community resource center 
asked for things on like Amazon Wish. Is it Amazon Wish? Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Okay. And then other um, platforms to get kind of solicit donations for families in need around the holidays. And um, I know this is similar to other um, homework I've given in the past. And I was just thinking like, oh, I'm going to give this homework again. But reach out to your neighborhood school. Right. See if there are resources that are needed um, to help kids. And if you're if you're just like, if you can't afford it, um, but you have time, for example, they may um, like volunteers. Schools love having volunteers. Um, especially on the east side of Tacoma, we actually don't get a lot of community and parent volunteers mm. in our schools. A lot of that is because folks are working and they are not available. Um, but if you have the time to donate um, or, um, you know, things that our kids in need really could use, um, we always really appreciate that. And it's really helpful. So I know like at Lincoln, we had a lot of donations around the holidays because mm-hmm. people really care in our community. So if that's something that you want to do, highly recommend. Um, and those kids who are going through traumatic situations, maybe in the court system, um, could have some small comfort in that um, situation that's really, mm-hmm. really hard for them and their family. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Jackie, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you hey, so thank much. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. <laughs> The Interchangeable White Ladies podcast is reading a book. A book. We're going to read White Fragility. By Robin D'Angelo. Please pick up your copy at King's Book or your favorite local bookstore. (laughs) Go ahead and read it. Post comments online. Use the hashtag ReadLessBasic. And please support Channel 253 with a monthly or annual membership at channel253.com. She's folksy, yeah. And there's there's something else she she does. Yeah. She's also, like, really, like... um, Mm. What's the right, right, the right way to say this? I almost said the white way to say this. <laughs> Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We, we fly, fly Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.